helpful message uh, today. We're going to talk about surrendering to love. And, you know, uh, our day-to-day walk um, is all about how we love, how we are loved, and how that manifests. And that that happens on an individual level, that happens in a, in, in families and in communities, all the way out to the world. And you know, all of our problems uh, in humanity stem from the fact that we don't know who God is and we don't know who we are. And when we get that out of order uh, and when we are confused about that, when we are in blindness about that, um, we end up behaving as if we're not sons and daughters of God, that we're not loved, that we're orphans. Or that somehow we create um, ourselves to be our own gods or one another to be gods or all of these things. This is where idolatry comes in, which is always destructive uh, because this is against our original design. So we're not going to find life here. Uh, we're not going to find peace here. So let's talk about surrendering to love. Um God, uh, in the person of Christ in the flesh gave us one commandment. I love this because if I have one, um, I can keep track of it. If I have a bunch, I'm going to start spinning out. Now it has vast implications, but one is good. Uh, it helps us with, uh, not, not get confused. So Jesus said, so I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, for when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Now, as the body of Christ, um, I don't know how good a job we've done. Sometimes we do a great job. I mean, historically, oh my goodness, yes. And historically, oh my goodness, no. (laughs) And to the extent that we've done a good job with this, when we lay down our lives uh, for one another in an authentic, you know, relationship, authentic love. Wow. What a difference that makes. And to the extent that we've not done that, we've screwed up where, especially where we've made it about building monuments to ourselves, keeping systems of power, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and that's why, honestly, when we mess up at the church, uh, it's, it's particularly bad. Now, humanity does it across the board, right? But when we do it in Jesus' name, that's particularly bad. Why? Because we're misrepresenting the one thing that will bring life to people. So this is how we uh, that that we show that we're our true followers. And this doesn't mean that we have all of our crap together. I don't know about you, but I've still got stuff <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll come find you when I get that together. But, um, but I, I'm evolving. You're evolving. We're growing uh, and we're being conformed into something that transcends the whole bit. Okay. Uh, so, uh, let's talk about this. I'm going to take you to Romans eight. I love this chapter. This chapter, I, I, I camp out and I keep on going back to it. Um, but, we're just digging and digging and digging and digging, right? 
And now this particular thing, and I don't a lot of times talk about this particular thing because sometimes we can get back into a religious mindset about like sin. And when I talk about sin, it's anything I, I personally, for what helps me with that, does it violate love? Yeah, then it's sinful, right? Um, but it's not about a bunch of rules. Um, it's about, wow, we have one law, the law of love. Does it violate love? And really what love is. And sometimes we get so confused about what love is. We call all sorts of things love. That's not love. Love is all, all, always other giving. It's not lust. It doesn't have a personal agenda. It actually has an agenda of the other to, for its greatest benefit, its highest benefit and a benefit that is whole. And that's what holy is. Is it whole? And there's a lot of broken ways that we love or we love through broken, through brokenness. And then it's, it gets to be a mixed bag, but it's not whole. And so ultimately love is about, about the other's greatest benefit, right? And so what does whole look like? And sometimes that means, wow, we are just having to, oh my goodness, sacrifice. What a concept. Um, so let's, let's, uh, unpack this a bit. Verse five in Romans eight. I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. So when you talk about the flesh here, number one, let me just help you out just so we don't go into some religious spin out, right? Um, the flesh is anything, um, that is not of your true self, your authentic self created in the image and likeness of God. It's a false way of being. So now your physical flesh, this is holy. Yay. It's holy. It's good. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we, we don't, we don't hate our physical bodies. We don't hate, um, we don't, we, we hate what is evil. We cling to what is good, but let me just help you. You're good. Even if you're doing evil things, your nature of who you are is in the image and likeness of God, who is good, who is love. Um, and so it's anything that's operating outside that it's the false self, right? Or the ego. Ego is self-driven. Now you're all called to love yourself. Uh, and that's not false. That's true. But in that you love because he loves you and you love others. Okay. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Spiritual realities is like you're loved and you're called to love. Let's, let's, let's make it really simple. For the sense and reason of the flesh, the false self is death, right? That's why God doesn't like it because he wants you and all your siblings, which is all of humanity, to have life more abundant to the full till it overflows. Um, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. Isn't that what we want? Life and peace. Why? Because it's your true self. You're at war with nothing. You're at, you're not at war with God. You're not at war with your, yourself because it's, it's just you and you're beautiful. You're powerful. You're holy and growing in your holiness. And being unveiled in the beauty and powerfulness of who you are. Uh, let's go to verse 7. 
In fact, the mindset focus, understand it's mindset. Where are we messed up? We're messed up in our minds. We're messed up in our wills. We're messed up in our emotions and our bodies degenerate, right? This is where we're messed up, right? Uh, in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plans, right? I want what I want. It's ego-driven, right? I want what I want. I want it how I want it. I want it, right? So sometimes we want what what is like a God thing, but we want it how we want it. And really, this is where our wills are sick. Um, they need to be healed, right? Not my will, but your will. But God's will is life more abundantly to the full till over to the full till it overflows. He might know what's better for you than you <laughs> and for me, right? And for one another, for humanity. Uh, the mindset focused on the flesh flights, God, fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. Why? Because it's all about a false sense of self. It's the kingdom of self. Now, let me just say you, <laughs> you're important. Uh, you're everything. This is why God came. It's like, oh my God, let me dive. Well, I don't know. He probably didn't say, oh my God, but I don't know what else. Anyway, he said something. <laughs> I'm going to dive in to the abyss of humanity that is operating as if it's separate, it's not loved, right? And that it can direct itself <laughs> and, and lead to anything but death, right? Right. Uh, for no matter how hard they try, um, God finds no pleasure in those who are controlled by the flesh. Now, he finds pleasure in you, but this way of being that's bad for you, yeah, he's finding no pleasure in that. But you, that's why, you know, it's interesting. He has so much pleasure for you and adoration for you that he can't find pleasure in any way of being that's bad for you, right? So I adore my kids. But when they're operating in self-destructive ways, yeah, I find no pleasure in that, right? But my kids, the reason why I find no pleasure in it is because I adore my kids, right? But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, now isn't that great? Because you can get empowerment. You can connect with empowerment. You have power in you. You've got Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit, so this is yielding to God, yielding to love, surrendering to God, surrendering to love. And it's a battle. Why? Because the ego wants what it wants, <laughs> right? And so it is a death of self, of false self, so that true self can remain. And that true self is the image and likeness of God, holy, whole, perfect, perfect, and looking like love mm -hmm, with all the fruit of that. And this is not trying to get to what you're not. This is, this is really being who you are. And it's painful because the false self has to die. And we're constantly getting nabbed when we violate love, when we violate who we truly are. And let's see, but when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you're not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you're not of him. Now, Okay, before you go spinning off in some religion, I'm separate, I'm not of God. Um, when God created the seen realm and he created his kids um, and then eventually sent them into the seen realm, you were joined to him before the foundation of the world. God never separated from his creation. Okay, how can I say that? Well, because if I make my bed in the midst of hell, even you are there. Okay, one, I mean, there's five gazillion 
verses, right? He joined you. He, you were joined him before the foundation of the world. So you're choosing him or not choosing him or rebelling against him or not rebelling against him um, does not determine whether or not you're joined to Christ. Why? Because he chose you when you couldn't choose him, right? When you were blind um, and couldn't see him, he already chose you. Now, experiencing that, you need to choose him back. But being of him, um, there's no way you cannot be not of him except via blindness, except via the rebellion that comes from blindness. So what does God do? He's on the inside convincing you of who you are. So this whole thing where you might want to spin out into condemnation that you're not of him, it's impossible for you to not be of him. You can't, he created you in his image and likeness. You can't be, that's who you are. It's only when you're relating to him in a way that is a false way of being that you feel like you're not of him, that you're acting like you're not of him, that you're sinning or sinful or acting, violating love. Okay, but that's not who you really are. See, the whole point of the religious mind says, okay, you're of the devil. No, Well, you're acting as of the devil, but does that make you of the devil? Does your do determine your who? No, it just means you're confused. Okay, you're alienated in your mind, but that doesn't mean that you're not one with him. Okay. So we go from a position of strength and how do we heal all that? We go back to these realities that we're not separate. We're not, um, of the devil or whatever. Uh, we're not, um, we're not, we're not the sinful way of being. So what happens is we get confused We operate in sinful ways of being that violate love. And then we look at that and say, see, see, that proves that I'm sinful. No, that proves you're confused and you don't know that you're holy, right? So this is why we work out our salvation because the salvation is complete on the inside. We work it out and that manifests from glory to glory to glory. But you start from the place of union because that's truth because he chose you. You didn't, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And then the more we choose him back, the more we yield to love. We yield to who we really are. We yield to him. We have life more abundant to the full till it overflows. And this is a process. Why? Because we're desperately confused. As we remain in him and him and us, we bear much fruit apart from him. We can do, let me think, think, oh yeah, nothing. Okay, but we act as if it, I mean, we can do lots of stupid things, but nothing of eternal value. Okay. All right. Let's go to verse 10. And uh, now Christ uh, lives his life in you. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. <laughs> and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Ding, 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 ding. There's nothing... Um, in you uh, of who you really are that's not accepted the false ways of being yeah he's he's after those because it's not worthy of you you're too gorgeous you're too holy you're too perfect you're too precious to allow that to remain anything less than who you are 
Uh, the mature children of God, see, this is about maturity. Part of this is just like maturity, right? This is part of, I'm yielding to God, I'm getting more mature, right? Are those who are, mo- who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, right? And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. So this is not a to-do list, okay? This is not that. There's no life in that, right? Uh, you're not going to work your way into who you are. You're going to be unveiled and cooperate cooperate by a- operating as like, oh, that's who I am. So I don't have to do that anymore, right? Leading you back. Uh, so you did not receive the, the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. You are intrinsically good, good be- and good enough because you're his. You're created in the image and likeness of God. And really the word God, I think it's from a Germanic meaning good anyway. Gott means um, God is from the root word good, right? Of course you're good. You're of him, right? Uh, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you. You're enfolded in the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, as he rises up within you, our spirits join him, join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. You're just like, oh, daddy, right? You're my daddy, right? You, um, uh, for Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. See, we've been so harmed with crappy fathers and crappy mothers and just with one another, right? Um, that, but we long to be fathered. We long to be, to have real fathers, right? And mothers. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You're just adored. You're just, there's nothing you can do to change that. Your behavior does not, can't, can't, you're not that powerful to make God hate you. Religion says that. Okay, that's crap. Okay, um, but truth is, you're just adored, and so as 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 you receive that adoration, that love, always in in your ugly parts and whatever, you're able. You start to heal. This is about a healing process, right? Um, verse twenty nine. For he knew all about us before we were born. Ding to ding ding. Um, and he destined us. This is your destiny, right? Uh, from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This is conformed into the image of Christ. This is your destiny. This God will have his way. And listen, he will outlast us. And I personally believe that this can happen even after we die. So if we're like stinkers, like until the day we die, right? Well, I believe if I make my bed in the midst of hell, you're there. What's he doing? He's conforming me into the image of Christ, right? He loves me too much to leave me alone. I believe that God will have his way. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, you know, we'll see, but God is certainly at this process in the, in the, in here and now, right? This means that the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. That's you get down with your bad self having determined our destiny ahead of time. So he's like smarter than us. So this is, this is your destiny and you can agree with it or you can fight it, but I'm going to outlast you. And it is, this is not about control. 
This is about if he's pulling on the 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 frequency of love, that's who you are. You know, I, I just don't believe we're going to be able to resist that for eternity. I think God will have his way. And I think the unveiling of who you are will happen from glory to glory to glory, right? He called us to himself. So you've been called and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. So let's see if you're called and that his, his perfect righteousness has been transferred to you, your righteous get down with your bad self. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified. What's he doing now? So those he, he, those he foreknew, right? He, he predestined. Those he breast, predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. All past tense. Isn't that amazing? And then those he justified, he glorified. This is the glorification of you from glory to glory to glory to look just like Christ. So this is where you're heading. And so your, your, your job is to yield. And this can be hard. It can be brutal. Like if God is having me give up an idol, uh, which he has, um, it can be brutal. Um, because this is where we think we're going to get life and we're having a hard time trusting him to believe that his way will actually get life. And so it's a death of something and we have to trust him that there's life on the other side. So if I, um, you know, earlier in my twenties, men were an idol, right? Um, and that had to go ding to ding that why it was bad for me. And it was bad for them, right? It's just bad. Um, that had to go. And it did. And it was painful. But what rose is, wow, that in its proper place, that is life more abundant to the full, till it overflows, right? And we can trust. And it caused me, I had to reach a point where I threw myself on my bed and I said, you know what? If I'm never meant to marry or have kids, which is really what I wanted, you know, if, 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 if that's not what you have for me, um, if I'm not supposed to have a man for the rest of my life, I don't want one. And I laid it down. It fried away. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Two weeks later, I meet my husband. Three months later, we're married. We just celebrated our 27th anniversary. We have a great family, beautiful marriage, beautiful family. The desires of my heart in a way that was not an idol. I don't look to my husband. I love my husband. I, um, I lean on my husband. I mean, he's, this is beautiful, but he's not God. He's not God. And, and so I'm not pulling on and I'm trying to suck life from him. That sucks. I'm going to give life, but we're operating. Um, he's a vessel of love. He's the man I have for my life. So it's beautiful. It's holy. It's righteous. It's life giving and it's good. It's a great place to raise, raise a family. Are we perfect? Heck no. But we're growing from glory to glory to glory. There's life on it. There's fruit, right? And that's how God operates. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you. Um, I hope it's reframed some things. Hope you're tracking with how adored you are, how holy you are, how righteous you are, so you can actually um, be unveiled in that and then contribute. And then your purpose stems from that place. It's fabulous. God is smart. He's wild about you. And you're all that in a bag of chips because that's how he made you. And that's where your greatest contribution lies. Anyway, hope this has been a blessing. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.